Hi folks, this is Bud Hughes, and it's time to raise the door on another edition of Bud's Garage. Hang on, you're now part of the fastest hour in radio, presented by Complete Auto Parts and Oakwood Tire and more. Locally owned family businesses with over 120 years of combined experience. CarQuest nationally branded auto parts and warranties, and Oakwood Tire's wide selection of the best tire brands available. Local professionals to help you find the parts or tires you need, help you get them installed, and back on the road with a smile. Find out more at completeautoparts.net or oakwoodtire.com. On today's show... Welcome in, folks. This is Bud Hughes, resident car nut, and Tim DePasquale, a poster to the stars. Tim, how you feeling today? I'm great, Bud. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. Yeah. Well, what'd you do all weekend? Mow. Mow? Yeah. How are you feeling? Great. How How's your head not plugged up from all that mowing and stuff? Medication. <laughs> the good stuff, Bud. The, oh, good, the good stuff. stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well... Uh, I want to I want to throw a couple things in here right now. Going on right now is Little Bits Angels. Um, they had a motorcycle ride that started at 11, uh, leaving from Delonica, the VFW post up there. They'll be back there about 1 or 1.30, and they're going to have a, a car show and barbecue and all that stuff for folks that want to participate. They were raising money for Zachary Poston, and uh, it's a great cause. I've been on rides with them before. Uh, I took the car, and... Rode behind the, behind the motorcycles. Oh, it was yeah. great fun. We went up in the mountains. Sure. Good stuff. Good times. And Buford tonight mm-hmm. at the Buford High School. You know about that. Oh, yeah. Cruising for a Cause. Uh, that's a weekly show that's on first Saturday of every month, and mm-hmm. it starts at 4 o'clock. Perfect time. Yeah, you can get all your yard work done and show up at, right. the, at the deal, and it's all good. Yeah. Won't be so hot, maybe? No, Maybe. Maybe. Hey, the weather, I'll tell you what, we can't complain about no, the weather here in Georgia. Can't. It has been fantastic. Well, Roger Penske had a pretty busy weekend. Yes, he did. And a very winning weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, his driver won the Indy 500, and his NASCAR driver, Ryan Blaney, won the Coke 600. Wow. Was not without some controversy. Yeah. Did you watch any of the race, or were you just mowing? No, I was mowing. You were mowing. Right? Mm-hmm. I got to watch the Indy 500. I hear you. You ever been to it? No. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. This, the stuff they do for the veterans, and the stuff the Coca-Cola 600 does, NASCAR. Right. You know, the, the pre-show that they don't show you on television. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Fantastic. Do you know who won the Indy 500? I do not. Joseph Newgarden. Now, that sounds like somebody from not around here. Right. Joseph Newgarden. Mm-hmm. But Joseph is from Nashville, Tennessee. Really? Yeah. His mother's Danish. That's where, you know, oh. the Joseph Newgarden. Okay. Anyway, he's been, uh, he started out racing go-karts and mm-hmm. went through the ranks, and uh, he won the race on the last lap. The one person from Nashville that does not pick a guitar? I don't know. He may play guitar on the side. I have no idea. Uh, I have no idea, but he drove a great race. You got to be up front to win. Mm. Now, what was controversial? I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy, but I was thinking thinking from the car side of it when I saw what happened. They had a red flag. Okay. And, uh, I don't know, four or five, six cars crashed on coming to the green. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there was only three or four or five laps to go. There wasn't a lot of laps to go, but anyway... These cars crashed, and they let the field come either two or three times. They parted the cars that were crashed and let the field come through and run under caution. Mm-hmm. Okay? So by the time the race was started, there was only, I think, two laps to go. All right. So, 
they had all the cars parked. They red flagged the race. This was the, was the third red flag of the race. They parked all the cars in pit lane. They told them, come out of pit lane, come around the track, and you're going to take the green, and that's it. One lap. Oh. So, it, I, at least that's what I understand. They came out of the pits at pit, pit road speed, mm-hmm. got onto the track, came around as kind of a parade lap, you know, behind the, the, uh, the, the pace, car. pace car, mm-hmm. and then one lap. Well, my thought about that is they should have thrown the red flag as soon as the wreck happened because mm-hmm. there were cars everywhere yeah, and not run those three laps of caution. Right. Because that, car, that Indy car does not get up to speed in three quarters of a lap. Right. And then you take the green, your tires, the cars have been sitting, so the so tires, tires aren't warmed are cold, up. Yeah. My, my, my theory, based on the engine, the tires, everything was, they should have run, you know, let them take a parade lap, you know, go around and make a, a, a lap at speed, mm-hmm. and then throw the green. Okay. And then have two laps to f- sort it out. Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't happen. So was it a free for all that last that one lap? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know they 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 watered them up, and uh, I really think that if the cars could have gotten up to speed, the three cars that were leading one mm-hmm. was AJ Foyt's car. Um, I can't remember who the second car. It was Marcus Erickson. I can't remember who he drives for, and uh, Roger Penske's car was out front. But you know the Indy, you want to be second. You know when you're coming in the last lap, okay. so you can draft the guy, make the pass, and all that. Mm-hmm. And they got to beating and banging a little bit. And it, it just, it, it it was just kind of a... Like an ugly finish? It was an ugly finish. Yeah. Now, they didn't finish under caution, which was good. Oh, yeah. Because, man, there's nothing worse. And I, I think, that, you know, the Indy Racing League or whatever they call it, it's not the IRL, but the IndyCar organization, the NTT IndyCar or, organization, needs to take into consideration maybe a green, white, checkered like NASCAR does. Because mm-hmm. you pay that kind of money to go to Indy. Oh, or yeah. any race, as far as I'm concerned. Sure. You should see a, a race a to race. the finish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, I don't have Roger Penske's number, but uh, and I have the utmost respect for Roger Penske. Mm-hmm. But he owns a Speedway. Right. He owns a series, mm-hmm. and he owned the, the racing car, the winning car. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, then. <laughs> All right. You know, I thought it was very interesting that they use uh, two ma- different manufacturers, 2.2-liter turbo V6 engines built by Honda and Chevrolet. Yeah, Chevrolet won the race. Oh, they did? The okay. Way. Yeah. yeah. So we have Chevrolet, we have the All-American kid, mm-hmm. we've got Roger Penske, we've got Indy 500. It's, yeah. You know, so this, the conspiracy guys were just oh, sure. going crazy about all of this. I think what uh, Tony Kanan said, he says, no matter who wins the the IndyCar race, you got 32 guys that are ticked off. Oh, right. So, yeah. Because they yeah. didn't win it. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but go ahead. Let, let, tell me your story about uh, why the green flag was really green at Indy this year. Well, well because review. The, the cars were greener. They're, they're trying to be green. They don't want to offend anybody. So in, in the 107-year history of this race, uh, this is the first time that they're burning 100% renewable biofuel using carbon neutral motor oil and running on tires that are made of recycled plastic now they they say that the some of the some of the uh ingredients in this fuel 
it's 85% ethanol, do you, and then there was 15% of racing gas. Racing fuel. Now it's gone to completely renewable stuff. Now it's, re- yeah, and, and but they don't divulge what it nah, actually. No, it's the, like the secret sauce. I, I, I kind of <laughs> got it on good authority that it's monkey hips. Monkey hips. Yep. All right, let's uh, leave it at that. You need yeah. parts for your uh, classic Indy car? Uh, uh, you don't go to uh, year one, the no. muscle car experts, but uh, if you need something for your Chevelle or Camaro or other 60s and 70s muscle car, you go to the great folks at year one in Cornelia, Georgia. Yeah, and they've got, you know, like uh, like we've mentioned before, they got all the dress-up items for under the hood. And they've got, you know, the correct decals and stuff. You don't have to spend a ton of money, like if you're taking your car to a car show and stuff and you mm-hmm. just want to dress it up under the hood. You know, chrome it out, get some yeah. stickers, and, you know, make it look right. right. Mm-hmm. I'm big on hose clamps, you know that. Yeah, I know. I, I, I know. mark them and cut them so there's nothing sticking out. But mm-hmm. they, they got the, the actual ones with the one the one bolt like used to come on the cars. Yeah. When Back in the day when you could actually reach a hose clamp. Oh, right. You worked on some of the new stuff. You need a, you need a probe to get back into where mm-hmm. you're doing and work on it, but... They they have got what you need, and you know you you can go as deep as getting an engine, right? From them, you can get a crate engine for your car, Ford, Chevrolet, and uh, check out all the great stuff they got at yearone.com. Okay. Now earlier in the week, we're going to talk about this in the next segment. Earlier in the week, we lost Tina Turner. Yes. Great, great, great performer, and I am going to make a link between Tina Turner and Mopar. Wow. Stick around for that. We'll be right back here at Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk. WDUN. Welcome back into Bud's Garage, presented by Oakwood Tire and More and Complete Auto Parts. Locally owned, nationally backed, and happy to serve you. Well, as promised, Tim, I'm, I'm going to make the link between Tina Turner and... Classic cars. Okay. Are you ready? Uh, I'm, I can't wait to hear Tina this. Tina Turner's career was on fire in 1989. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, Chrysler CEO Lee Iacocca knew a star when he saw a star. And he hired Tina Turner to do um, advertisements for Plymouth to help invigorate the brand's image. She did the uh, Plymouth Sundance Compact. Do mm-hmm. you remember that car? My father owned one, turned it over in a ditch. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Where she delivered the very... Iacocca-esque pitch. I want to warn you about this car, the Plymouth Sundance. Over half the people who test a Sundance buy a Sundance. So if you you don't want to buy a new car, stay away from the Sundance. Yeah. And right. she even promoted the Voyager minivan and returned in 1990 for the Laser Sports car, which I don't I don't remember the Laser Sports oh, car. Oh, I do. Uh, that was the, uh, what was the Mitsubishi version of that? Um, twin turbo. Oh, the the um, yeah, wasn't the three thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was oh, the okay. same cars. It was the, the same as, car, right? Oh, okay. Well, she did that, and uh, no matter what you thought about before, my friend, this is not for wallflowers. Oh. And then <laughs> she did the Acclaim midsize sedan. She says this car is built for comfort. Yeah. Now I don't. I remember. wonder what else we have in common. Ah. Uh. <laughs> that was her line, not mine. But she, uh, she, she's her favorite car to drive. She wrote this in her 2018 biography, autobiography, uh, was her Jaguar. Oh yeah. She said it's one of the few times I can get away, be alone, 
I don't know how you can be alone in a Jaguar without having a wiring specialist there. <laughs> <laughs> she owned a white Jaguar XJ6 and a silver E-Type that she received as gifts. The XJ6 was given to her by Sammy Davis Jr. who gave it to her. Thanks for appearing in a Las Vegas show with him. Wow. Cool stuff. Isn't that something? All right, let's move on to another lady that garnered a lot of attraction uh, recently. She, uh, she was trying to put gasoline into her electric vehicle. Yeah, this, this is amazing. This does not compute, you know? Yeah, but you know, you and I try to, <laughs> try to market our businesses and our podcast and our radio show, and, you know, we pay marketing people to do mm-hmm. this stuff for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this girl got like 40, I don't know, 4 million or 40 million, some ridiculous yeah. amount of views of her wandering around the car trying to find a trying place to, to find put the gas place. in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so maybe that's what we need to yeah, do to market need, yeah. our radio show. I, I guess. Do something yeah. really Set something on fire at the upholstery shop and see if that gets you lots of views. Yeah. It went viral. Mm-hmm. And her, her explanation was she just got in the car mm-hmm. and... She had a rough day, and she needed a sugar fix, and she was going in to get some sweets from the convenience store and just thought, well, while I'm here, I'll get I'm gas. Gas up, yeah. And people were hollering at her, you know, you can't put gas in it. No. By the way, advice from the EPA. No, 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 do not put the gasoline in your electric uh, car. Yeah, yeah. Well, who, what, who was that? <laughs> that was... This was, a, this was in Europe. Oh. <laughs> England, I think. Well, don't Middle Eastern people... All right, 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 all right. Advice from the EPA, so you can always count on the EPA. Trying to put gasoline in an electric charging port could start a fire or ruin, I I love this, or ruin your engine. Yeah, that's darn good advice there, EPA. except you don't have an engine in your electric car. No. But I know what they're saying. I get it. You can always count on Mm it. Here's a better way to brand yourself. Okay. Okay? Go see the folks at CE Joe. Oh, yeah. CE Joe's has got apparel, banners, wraps, signs, and one thing that you really, really need if you're trying to promote your business, and that is... An idea. An idea. If, yes, they'll come up with one that'll really work for your business, whatever and, and it is. They, it, it's amazing. They, they've come up with our logos. Uh, they provide all our swag for the radio show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've gotten shirts from them and different apparel, sweatshirts, dress shirts, uh, right. you know, polo shirts, and, uh, you know, they, they even did the graphics for the HHR. Wow. And it came out great, too. Oh, yeah. C.E. Joe's, Hilton Drive in Gainesville. CEJoes.com. Yeah, we do that. So in between all this racing action, bud, did you happen to watch any of the Meekum auction? I did. I did. And they had, uh, and they had the, the high-dollar cars you yeah. know, on the our, our last day of the auction at, mm-hmm. at Indianapolis. And apparently there was a, a very good supply of... Alcohol. Oh, you know it. <laughs> at this, and uh, money at this particular auction. Sure. Pretty amazing. A 70 Plymouth Hemi Superbird. Okay. Uh, and there weren't a bunch of them made. Went for $605,000. Unbelievable. Uh, I, I, I don't get it. A 67 GT 350 Fastback Mustang. Mm-hmm. 632 grand. Again. Unbelievable. I don't get it, yeah. The 31 Cadillac V16 Coupe. Now, this that one. That caught my attention. I get it. I get it. And I'm tickled to death to see a fine automobile built with craftsmanships of the 30s to make that kind of money. You know, interesting you should bring that up. We did the Memorial uh, Day Parade earlier in the week. Yeah. And there were a lot of classic cars, the bigger cars with veterans in them mm-hmm. in the parade. 
Because the veterans can't, you know, a lot of them, you know, can't walk and stuff anymore. They're, right. they're up there in age. And the I think it's great to have the cars associated with the parade because, you know, it defines America. The, 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 the classic cars back from, you know. Yeah. 30s, the, the, 40s, yeah, 30s and 50s. 40s, you know, where yeah. the, the, well, you and your chrome and, and mm. you know, just the, just the grandeur of the cars. Right. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not knocking a Chevelle or a Corvette or something that's in the parade, but the golden age of, of cool cars and artwork and all that yeah. was back then. That went for $660,000. Wow. So, not chump change for sure. No. 67 Corvette convertible. I didn't get this. Um, you know, 660 grand. Must have been nice. Yeah, well, it, you know. I'm sure all these cars were nice. Well, the 2006 Ford GT Heritage, that's in the golf um, livery colors, you know, the blue with the red stripe or orangish stripe. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah I know. That, that, you know. Like golf gas. Yeah, like yeah, golf yeah, gas, yeah. yeah. That went for 660 grand. So, Oh, those cars have never really uh, dropped in value at all. I mean, they've... They were. They started out high and have remained so. It's an awesome car. Well, that was the cheaper cars. We'll, we'll do some of the more expensive ones yeah. later, later in the show. You good with that? Yeah. <laughs> All sure, right. Sure. Sure. I recently became aware of multi viscosity of a, of a multi viscosity synthetic oil that was zero W sixteen. You see any seen any of this stuff? Mm-mm. I'm I'm used to zero. I'm used to the zero stuff now. Really? All right, which is zero W twenty thirty whatever that we're putting in uh, new cars because the machining so is, is like, so close. This is like water, basically. Then. Yeah, when it first flows. Wow. Well, they want to get the engine. They want to get the oil up to the top of the engine. That's where the cams are. Mm. So and they make the clearances a lot tighter. Clearances are tighter, and and this is something I didn't realize it. If well, of course it flow, flows more easily, but it reduces the engine warm up time because the clearances are tight. Mm-hmm. And that takes you out of open loop, which gives you better fuel economy. We've talked about open loop, closed loop. Right. You know, your car doesn't start taking all the input from the computer until it gets to a certain temperature. Mm-hmm. This brings the computer into play quicker and supposedly gives you better gas well, mileage. Makes perfect sense. But who keeps track of all this stuff? How can you keep track of all this stuff? Well, I don't know. Well, I do. You go to Oakwood Tire and More, oh, where they yeah. have professional mechanics. Uh-huh. Because all your fluids are very specific, whether it's oil uh, for your engine, brake fluid, power steering fluid, coolant, especially coolant. It comes in all the different energy drink colors. Right. Uh, you know, don't go there. I'm just saying. I, don't drink this stuff, but it comes mm-hmm. in all these different colors. And gear oils. You know, when I was doing the Corvette that I recently took up to New York, I, I was looking up all the fluids and stuff that go into it. And the... Transmission in that car takes automatic transmission fluid. And it was a manual? Manual transmission. But once again, they've made the tolerances tighter in the tranny so they don't make noise. Mm-hmm. They've got, got different components in there that regular motor oil would affect. And the transmission fluid doesn't. So you got to know what you're you doing. you got to know because you can't you put didn't... 80, 90 gear oil in a, Boy, in a tranny that takes automatic transmission fluid, even if that, it's a manual. That would make a mess. Yeah, it would make a mess. You don't have to worry about making a mess of your car if you take it to Oakwood Tire and More. Not only that, when they're checking all this stuff and doing the servicing, they got eyes on everything on the car. Oh, yeah. They give you a list of stuff that you might or might not want to look at immediately or, you know, categorize it in importance. Sure. So check them out at Oakwood Tire and More, 3120 Atlanta Highway. Um, See the great folks there, and they'll they'll get you on the road. Okay. Before it slips my mind, as things often do, next week is Northeast Georgia Swap Meet up in Clarksville 
at the uh, fairgrounds. Uh, you don't want to miss that. We'll be right back here, Bud Scratch. I'm North Georgia's News Talk. WDUN. Don't go away. Welcome back into Bud's Garage, brought to you by Complete Auto Parts and Oakwood Tire and More. From first responders to daily drivers, the parts, tires, and repairs for what our town drives. This is pretty cool, Tim. Last week on the podcast, or the week before, we had a retired F1 mechanic and fabricator, Steve Jenner, that was our, our guest. And this week, we have got a retired F1 driver for the radio show. That would be Alan Berg and his son, Alex. Alan... And Alex, welcome into Bud's Garage. Thank you very much. It's our first time being here with you, Bud, obviously, and uh, just really excited to be here and happy to talk about racing with you. Good deal. Next time we'll uh, we'll give we'll teach you the secret handshake and you know the, you get the decoder ring and all that right, stuff. Right. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, explain for folks that don't know what is Formula One racing. I mean, we know about NASCAR and Indy and stuff sure. like that because it's very prevalent. What is F1 racing? Well, first of all, Formula Car racing. I like to maybe try to define that a little bit. Okay. Formula Car racing is is essentially a, a, a type of, of open-wheel race car. They've been around for, I think, around 40, 50 years. Since the 1950s. Since the 50s. Yeah, right, yeah. And uh, basically, the, the, the performance and uh, the scale of, of the series depends on the number. So Formula 4, which Alex is here in the studio today with us, mm-hmm. he's racing in the national, uh, or the U.S. Formula 4 championship here in the United States, there'll be national series for Formula Four in in a dozen countries around the world. Then you have Formula Three, which is more like a a, a region of the world where you have championships such as the European Formula Three Championship. Then you have Formula Two, which would be kind of a a, a feeder, a, 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 a sub series to, to Formula One, primarily European based but travel overseas to some of the European uh, overseas events with Formula One. And then Formula One itself is uh, the World Driver Driving Championship, Driving and, and Team Championship. It's kind of considered the, uh, it's the, the top level of, of, of Absolutely. racing in, in, in the world for both drivers, engineers, mechanics, teams, everything. The creme de la creme always aspire to get into Formula One. Now, Alex, you're, you're in the Formula Four series. Uh, is your goal to get into Formula One at some point in time? Well, I'm 16 right now, and I think every driver that's at my age or similar has a goal, and that goal is probably to Formula One. As my dad just said, it's the pinnacle of motorsports, and yeah, I mean, it's every, where everybody wants to go. So yes, that, that is my goal, but I mean, my uh, other goal is to be to make a professional living driving race cars and uh, just have a career in motorsports just like my dad did. Cool. So you're you're on the road to becoming an F1 driver, is what you're saying? Yeah, yes, I'd say so. It takes a, a lot of off-track efforts. I mean, there's a, a, a lot of drivers here in the world who are extremely talented, but some of them just don't have the budget to, to go racing. So that's what I do in my spare time. I spend all my time putting together deals and trying to find value for companies to invest in my racing career. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty much what it takes to uh, be in Formula One, a small part of what it takes to... Did you start in go-karts? Yeah, yes, I did. Yeah. I started back in 2015. Okay, so you were racing two strokes and shifters, I'm, I'm guessing? Uh, no, I never raced shifters. I did do a lot of shifter driving, but uh, I started in four-stroke, did a couple years of club racing back in uh, Calgary, Alberta, Canada, where I was born and grew up for good most part of my life and uh, about 2018 I started racing nationally in the USA kind of all across I started in California and uh, yeah that's when I realized that I really needed to step up my game it was uh, the competition level there was uh, far higher than club racing well Alan what is 
the Allenberg Racing School, because you have an event coming up here, Road Atlanta, Michelin Raceway, Road Atlanta, uh, next week, if I'm not mistaken. Tell us a little bit about the well, what it is. No, Allenberg Racing Schools is um, is a company that I founded uh, 15 years ago in Canada, and I started operating it as, you know, primarily as an open wheel, like Formula Car Racing School. And uh, my background is in, in motorsports. I raced professionally all my life. And uh, found that, that you know, to, to try to go and do something else outside of motorsports after having all those years of experience, you know, put those aside and try to, to get a job in the real world would be squandering my... Uh, <laughs> the real my, world. <laughs> yes, just really not using what my experience is after right. all, all of those sure. years and uh, different levels of racing that I've been in. So we started a Formula Car Racing School uh, after... Uh, about five years, really, in order to expand the business, we needed to be able to operate almost 12 months out of the year. Where in Canada, you have a, you know, with the winter, you have an operating window of maybe about three days right. without any snow. <laughs> and so we started operating in Southern California um, in 2012. And then in, uh, in 2015, we had the opportunity to uh, move our racing school to WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca, in Northern California. Uh, and, and so our primary uh, base of operations has been there ever since 2015. The last four years, our programs have been sold out Good. Uh, throughout the, the time that we're there. We've, we've established, a, I think, a, a pretty strong reputation out there in the West Coast, and that's evidenced by the schools being sold out. Now, this year is our first year where we're really working to try to establish our, our second base of operations at uh, Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. So, Alan, what types of cars do you use? The cars are carbon fiber, they're authentic race cars. They are carbon fiber um, race car chassis, open wheel, single seater cars with race slicks and wings. Uh, they are known, they're a Tatis brand chassis, which is uh, one of the world's largest uh, junior formula car manufacturers. Uh, very robust chassis, uh, the racing gearbox by Sedev, and the tires that we use are uh, from our, our sponsor, Lansale Tire. Chinese racing slick manufacturer. They're actually now providing tires for uh, some different series in in Europe, including the uh, one of the Formula One Max. I think it's Formula One Max Formula One series. They're they're the official tire supplier for Max M A X Formula One in Europe. So you have one, two, and three day schools. What does the what does the school consist of? Well, um, I mean, to, to finish answering your first question, we do have formula car schools, but what has, we've expanded into is we do a lot of driver safety training programs oh, okay. for yeah. manufacturers, uh, technology companies. A lot on the West Coast, we've uh, been, these are done on under NDA, where we're training, it's, they're not public programs, they're for internal staff, engineering staff, sure. R&D mm-hmm. staff. And uh, that has really become like a, a main part of our business. But we don't really talk about that because we've got these NDAs. Uh, but we are known for our main flagship are the formula, formula car racing schools. So I'm sorry, what was your question again? <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> it was, what, was the tra- what does the training consist of? No. One, one day, two day and three day programs, mm-hmm. bud, is what we do. Uh, the one day programs is a very much a preliminary course for someone that, as a gift, that wanted to drive a formula race car. The two-day and three-day schools are SCCA-accredited schools where one can get their, their racing license by coming to do this sort of program. It's kind of the, the starting point. It's kind of like, uh, I would say, you know, going and 
and, and taking golf class, classes to be able to start to learn how to play golf. Yeah, I understand. What's the typical cost of the class? Uh, they range from uh, about a, a three, just under three thousand dollars for a one day to, they think it's a seventy five hundred for a three day program. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's we provide the race cars, the the Formula race cars, oh, yeah. all the safety equipment, all, all the, the instruction, all the expertise that goes with it. It's it's not only myself that's there. We have a a team of highly skilled, very good instructors that work with us in the program, including my son Alex. He's sure. one of the instructors that works with us. What types of people attend a program like yours? Age range from um, you know 15 years of age, drivers that are out of karting that really want to make the next step and transition into uh, into driving race cars. Uh, but we have drivers up to you know 80 years of age. There's when still I, hope for me. Well, <laughs> but when I started the school, I thought that our school would be more attended by these uh, you know young drivers that that want to make the step into racing. But the majority of our drivers uh, have are doing it. Um, because it's a bucket list item for them to go and experience driving a, a race car at a world-class racetrack, such as Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta or WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Yeah, especially an open-wheel car. It's yeah. a diff- different animal than, uh, a, than any other uh, race car. Yeah, um, sure. it, it used to be back in the day, but that um, uh, in the 70s, 80s, that if you wanted to get your race license, you would go to a formula car racing school such mm-hmm. as ours, uh, because it's the kind of platform that you can learn from. There's no anti-lock braking system. There's no traction control. No helpers. And and exactly, it's 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 you and the car. It's the purest form of racing in in my in my opinion. Uh, you know, a, a purpose-built car for racing, and you have, which you have to be extremely precise and smooth and apply the re- the right technique. And that's something that can be masked by driving a uh, a closed wheel or a a road car on a racetrack. Yeah, I can so, I can understand. Yeah. How can folks learn more about the Allen Burke School? The, the one you have this week is on Wednesday and Thursday. Can somebody come and observe it if they want? Uh, well, I mean, we'd like to have them uh, contact us. Okay. First, they are right. private events. Yeah, right. And so the track is, is closed uh, for that. Uh, I think the track itself doesn't have limitations on people that, that would come in the, mm-hmm. the circuit. Uh, but, yeah, we're there. We're operating June 7th and 8th. I think we're almost full for that event. We might still have a... A seat or two remaining, a June seventh and eighth at, at Road Atlanta. Maybe they got an, you got an old guy seat available. <laughs> Maybe we do. Yes. Alan, how can folks learn more? Uh, our website, AllenbergRacingSchools dot com. That's uh, A L L E N B E R G, Racing Schools with an S at the end of it, because we have different locations. All right, Alan and Alex Berg. Thanks for taking the time to be with us here, at Bud's Garage. Thank you for having us, Bud. We'll be right back here, at Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk WDUN. Welcome back into Bud's Garage, presented by Oakwood Tire and More and Complete Auto Parts. Where the pros and the folks who know go for parts, tires, and service. Well, let's go back to the top ten cars from uh, Mecham Auto Auctions. Okay. We'll finish up this list here. We ended with the 2006 Ford GT Heritage at 660 Mm grand. Uh, A 71 ZR2 Corvette, which was a specific car. Right. uh, Zoris Dantov, named after him. Had some great modifications and stuff on it, uh, factory stuff. Seven hundred and fifteen grand. A Copo Camaro, not to be confused with Copo Cabana. Bill. Mm-hmm. Sixty-nine Z <laughs> one Copo Camaro went for seven seventy. Unbelievable. And here's where it gets a little confusing to me. 
They have had this 1970 Black Ghost Hemi Challenger RTSE mm-hmm. on display at the last few auctions they've had. Yeah. And they only made like 26 of these things. Uh-huh. And I never heard of it until... I, I never did. No, either. either. Yeah. It went for $1,720,000. Wow. That is crazy. That's just... I mean, it's a it's a Hemi. It's it's not it's not a Ferrari. It's not a yeah. It's not a G. I, I don't I don't get it. Well, that I was, mean, it's a Hemi uh, Cuda or a Challenger. I mean, it, it's maybe that was late in the auction and someone hollered for one more round and you know stuck their hand up. And, yeah, oh, yeah, right. Sold. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. But this one here really kind of hacked me off. The seventy Plymouth Cuda Rapid Transit Show Car. Mm-hmm. It's just the goofiest looking thing. It's it's. You remember when we used to put Gabriel hijackers on the back oh, of our car yeah, to get tire yeah. clearance? That's right. what this thing looked like. Right. The wheels are all jacked up, all and upset, offset mm-hmm. the wrong way. It's got this silly looking grill on it, mm-hmm. and that thing mm-hmm. went for two million two hundred thousand dollars. Right. I now, remember the uh, rapid transit marketing. Yeah, thing yeah that it they was did good. In it those. was a good thing. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's two point two million dollars. There, there again, it's alcohol and money. How, how much do you think that is? What? In, in uh, monthly. M- monthly with the late fee? We'll have to do the math on that. Bill, get your calculator out. We'll figure that out. Okay. Good deal. <laughs> 2.2 <laughs> Wow. Uh, and you know what? The, the, the rapid transit car didn't have any chrome on it. It didn't. Not to speak of. It had Krager wheels on it, but it wasn't mm-hmm. all chromed up. I bring that up because there are restrictions now on chrome plating in California. They're going to ban chrome plating by 2039 in California if if they don't straighten out some of the chemicals they're using. Yeah. So this is uh, very important. The fumes from the plating process is 500 times more toxic than diesel exhaust. Mm-hmm. And it increases the cancer risk in many disadvantaged communities across the state. Uh, so the California Air Resources Board has come out and they're trying to ban... Chrome 6. Chrome 6 is hexavalent chromium. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what they use right now. It's highly toxic uh, metal for restoring classic parts, protecting aviation components, and used in the space industry. Right. And I, I mean, it's, you know, chrome, everything from chrome, chrome? faucets to chrome cars. Sure. Right. But a lot of these shops, you know, started out as in somebody's garage mm-hmm. in a neighborhood. And they're saying that so many of these shops are actually within 1,100 feet of, of, uh, of homes. Yeah. Private homes. I can't imagine. You've been to the chroming shop uh, that many of us use here in Georgia. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. won't name names, no, but no, you've been no, to the was, shop. Tell me a little bit about a chrome well, shop. Well, it was a fascinating place. And what I found was that, you, well, first of all, you don't walk on the floor. They have pallets on the floor and you walk on the pallets. And there are stations where they have bench grinders, and most of the process of chroming is in the prep, just like a lot with car painting, that the prep is the most important part. They straighten them, and then they use different grits of grinding wheels to get them smooth before they put them in the tank. And when it comes to the actual, they put them in another tank first for something, and then when it actually comes to the nickel, it only is in the tank for a few minutes. Right. Well, because if you've ever dealt with chrome, we have. But, I mean, if anybody's ever tried to get somebody something chromed, you know, it, the old chrome pits, and some of it's put over pop metal and, and mm-hmm. different 
metals and it gets funky looking. If you want to get it nice and smooth, it's like painting a car. You got to get the imperfections out right. of it. In some cases, you got to fill the imperfections. Right. And then dip it in whatever they dip it in. Yeah. But if you're walking on pallets, it's not probably good to, you know, get it on the soles of your shoes and get it on your socks well, well, and your you feet. can imagine what that. these guys are breathing well, day that's in and day thinking. out. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, so... It's going to render some businesses worthless, though. Uh, one of the guys that owns a custom plating uh, business in Sacramento says my employees will be unemployed 43 years down the drain. My entire business has worked, you know, through these rule changes and that. Yeah. And now it's going to become a hazardous waste facility. So right. they say that they're going to they're going to stretch this out a little bit. Because the state estimates it'll cost $40 million for decorative platers to transition all the different mm-hmm. platers um, to a new product that won't be so bad. And $648 million to uh, transition for the larger chrome plated, uh, like the aerospace industry. Yeah, or move to Mississippi and just spend <laughs> 1600 bucks. <laughs> that's, that's what a lot of the, the chromers that's... are saying. They're saying, well, we're going to lose the cheap labor. Mm. But a lot of folks will just pack up and go to another state. Right. It's either that or start sending the bumpers over to China to get them chrome-plated there. Well, they'll do it. I think, I think some of that's going on now. Let, let's talk about this. Let me get this in first, and then we'll talk about that. If you, if, Whether you have shiny chrome, black chrome, or plastic cladding, keep them all looking like new with detail, detail products from Complete Auto Parts. McGuire's, Turtle Wax, Mother's, Duragloss, Eagle, and a lot of other products mm. that will keep your chrome looking great. Or your black. Yeah. You know, we talked about a new pickup truck that Chevrolet is coming out with, the uh, Silverado. And it's going to, I, was, was that, yeah, was, remember, it, it looks a lot like the, uh, not, yeah, the Avalanche, which had all the plastic cladding oh, on it. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, if you got that on your vehicle, they got the stuff to clean that up. Okay. And make it look brand new like again. brand new. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... Uh, three locations, Gainesville, Cornelia, or Clarksville, CompleteAutoParts.net. Okay, those guys are always happy to see us when Oh, we come absolutely, in. absolutely. Now, we just got done talking about chrome. Yeah. Where does leather come from? I got to thinking, you know, we, we went to a uh, event that our, our buddy had, uh, Tim Phillips, mm-hmm. and he had it at a place called the Tannery in Buford. Oh, yeah. And they had the machine there that they used to squeeze. They used to, to right. They say that's a very smelly, dirty, nasty process. So how does it go on now? Where do you get your leather from? Well, I mean, we buy from suppliers, but I think this, uh, and I'm going to preface this, this is my opinion, which I've gathered from different sources over the years, but this has just been a giant marketing gig to uh, find a way to make the most of leather cowhides coming out of South America, which then go to... Italy to uh, get processed and then make their way back to America. And the, and the workers in Italy, to my surprise... Yes, are, are for the most part uh, Chinese. <laughs> you need some help, <laughs> you know, restoring your classic muscle car. Where are we going? Well, we're going to the muscle car experts at Year One in Cornelia, Georgia, who provide our podcast so that if you miss any of this great information, you can go to Access WDUN. Click the links and hit the buttons and listen to the show at your convenience, or you can listen to it on any of your favorite podcast sites. All right. Like yeah. Spotify and Apple and all the rest of those. Oh, yeah. All hey, and you know, you can also listen to uh, to Bud's Garage Overdrive, 
the podcast. The podcast, yeah. a longer version of the show mm-hmm. that has special guests that come in and and uh, you know some different subject matters that are covered in the show from time to time. Right. And it is on all your favorite podcast sites. So check that out at uh, Spotify, Apple, and all that. And year one, participate in the production of that also. Okay. So that's all good stuff. Mm-hmm. Do we ever not have good stuff, Tim? Oh, we've always got more good stuff than we know what to do with. Real quick, since we were talking about leathers and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, how do we get some leather fixed at Tim's Auto Upholstery? Well, it's very simple. You just In come- 20 seconds or less. <laughs> You can come by the shop. I can give you my email, timsauto at bellsouth.net. You can send us pictures of your problem areas in your car, and we can take a look at it and get back to you that way. You can come by with your car, and we'll it's timsautoupholstery.com. You can catch us on the web. Well, that's a wrap for this week, Tim. <laughs> Remember to keep between the ditches. Shiny setup. We'll see you next week right here at Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk, AM 550 and FM 102.9. WDUN. Have a great week.